This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John Bueller. App Show, one of the uh, the top app and mobile tech shows in Canada. You can hear us all the way from Vancouver to Toronto. We talk about uh, everything in the app world and mobile technology. Today's a great program. We'll uh, be chatting with our friend Brian Jackson from the Infotech Research Group in a little bit all about AI and the metaverse. Like, what is the metaverse going to start looking like? There's so many different components to it. So we're going to continue to try to demystify that, not just for you, but for for us as well, because we're still trying to figure out all the the ins and outs. We're going to be chatting a little bit more about cryptocurrency as well. We're going to continue to uh, educate uh, listeners. It's still, uh, you know, a lot of people are investing in cryptocurrency. I still say, you know, this, get a financial planner, number one. Or get someone that knows what they're doing. To yeah. Help you. Like don't put life savings into cryptocurrency. Don't listen to us about what to do. with <laughs> cryptocurrency. <laughs> We're just trying to educate you. Like for example, later on we'll be talking about crypto.com, which is another big major site. Uh, they say they've been hacked and $30 million have been stolen. Right. That's a lot. That is a lot. So, I mean, these are some of the dangers you got to be aware of when you're investing in this new fintech world. Scary fintech. It, it is. It is. But, you know, it's something you need to know about. Definitely. Uh, and we're going to be talking about, uh, John John and I have a contest going. We're always trying to see who can get the cheapest cell phone plan. And I think you might have won up me. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit more detail soon. Yes. I'm just going to tease it. You've got a plan from one of the major carriers for $35 a month with crazy amounts of data. 30 gigs of data, oh. 5G data. Oh, shut up. Okay. Don't say any more. We're going we're gonna to talk about how you got it, too. Okay. Let's get into some of the news. Uh, Wordle. Yes. I'm addicted to this game. Yes. And you're addicted to telling everyone on the team what the word is before we've even done it. <laughs> well, i got to help you guys, right? I don't think we need help. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a web-based game. It's not an app. you got to go to their website. Just type in Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E. Uh, it'll typically be the first result that comes up in Google. And each day you have to guess a word. You get six tries and it's addictive, but yeah. you can't get addicted because you can only do it once a day. That's right. But I guess that makes it addictive. Well, it's something to look forward to. Yeah. Right. I, I look forward to it. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's simple, but challenging. There's some times where I'm stumped for like an hour. And I don't know if you've turned it on yet, but I know... Because you're colorblind. Yes. I can't tell the difference between the green and the yellow. There's a colorblind mode. I know. I just saw that. Yeah. But I don't know what the colors mean in the colorblind mode. It didn't really clearly define that. (laughs) So. (laughs) I'll have to help you then. Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, everyone's into this. There's all these clones coming out and there's a a bot on Twitter that's been ruining it for people. Well, because one of the things about it that I actually hate is the fact that it's really easy for you to share kind of your score, how many tries it took you to guess the word. Yeah. And it creates a little graphic of sort of even sort of the pattern of the words that you tried or the letters that you tried. And it makes it really easy for you to post that on social media. Yes. And so what this bot was doing was actually on Twitter, seeing that Mike had posted that he got the word the next day the bot would send him a, uh, a, a tweet say, <laughs> ruining the word for you. Why? Why not? 
It's a bot. <laughs> Some people like to watch the world burn. Oh, but yeah. Twitter took it down, right? They did, but I'm sure there'll be more like it. Buggers. Okay. Do you remember the iBeer app? I do. I actually That was like years ago. I had it. 2008. It was one of the first apps for the iPhone. Yeah. It wasn't the one where you, you it poured a, a beer for you on your screen. And then when you tilted it towards you, it's like you were drinking the beer. Yeah. Yeah. The, the guy that made it, he was a magician. Yeah. And he used to use like a still photo with it. But then Apple reached out to him and said, hey, let's make this sort of a, a, a showcase app. So Apple helped him. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Or encouraged him at least. Okay. So in 2008, it was two ninety nine to buy this app. Yes. Guess how much he was making per day? Oh my God. Because there wasn't a lot of apps out then. No, no, there wasn't. And this was to encourage people to use the app store. He was making $20,000 a day on this app. 20000 a day? Yeah. That's insane. Because he kept adding more features to it. Like he actually had it animated. Like it was actually a video that was tied to the accelerometer in your phone. So as you tilted it, it would tilt the video to match your actions with your hand. So apparently uh, it shot to first place in the app store right away. It stayed there for a year. For a year. Not a lot of great apps <laughs> that, that year. What were, the up, what were they up against? Yeah. Uh, so, but he doesn't own it anymore, does he? No, well, he stepped away from it. I think yeah. his, his the company sort of took off. I guess, and the company still makes apps. Oh, is yeah. it his company? I don't know. Mm. If he's making twenty thousand dollars a day, he can probably buy an island or something. <sighs> Got to check that that out for for sure. Um, this is an interesting thing out of Spain. So again, you know, we talk about cryptocurrency every so often on the program, uh, and for the listeners out there, we're trying to educate. Um, don't put your life savings into <laughs> cryptocurrencies. Like you were saying last week, John, it, to you, it's like gambling. Treat it like going to Vegas. Yeah. Just, just might as well light, light that money on fire. Yes. But learn about it. Yeah. Learn about it. So in Spain, they're setting new rules for influencers who promote cryptocurrency because they're worried that well, people are going to be influenced into... It's like a pump and dump scandal. Yeah. You know, with traditional stocks, people yeah. will promote it and they have a large following. So people will buy into it. This happens every time Elon mentions anything to do with Dogecoin. Yeah. Which is a crypto coin that he, is it his or is it's it? It's not his. No. But he seems to really like it. I think it's just a game to him. Don't you? Oh, totally. Yeah. He's manipulating Twitter and everything else. So there's laws over in Spain, the European Union, uh, about companies promoting cryptocurrencies and even their PR companies as well. And I guess one of the loopholes, John, was influencers. Right. Because they can kind of fall through the cracks. But now they've put, uh, you know, laws in place that influencers and other advertisers with more than 100,000 followers in the country has to notify their National Securities Market Commission at least 10 days before plugging crypto assets or they'll face fines of up to 340 2,000 euros. Wow. Yeah. But I think that's good. Yeah. No, it's, it, well, it's, it's tough, right? I mean, it's like people promoting stocks, you know, there's right. like rules and, and regulations around that. Yeah. Because you can sway the market. This is what we saw not too long ago with the GameStop stuff. Yeah. Where Reddit was basically boosting stocks all the time. Yeah. It's a weird world, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, is. it's like whack-a-mole. Yeah people trying to, to plug these uh, these uh, these holes. Uh, 
Huawei still aren't able to use Google on their their phones. So they've got their own version of Android. Uh, they've got some really interesting folding phones. Beautiful, actually. Very, very nice. I don't think we're going to see it in North America, though. No. Um, and interestingly enough, because of the chip shortage, it doesn't have 5G. Really? Yeah, it's 4G only. It's also going into specific areas that maybe don't even have 5G. So, yeah. But it's it's a it's interesting space. But it's a beautiful looking phone. It's got a round display on the outside. Yeah. And then it unfolds uh, into a full size phone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more and more of uh, this type of form factor. Samsung is really kind of taking the lead there. They've got so. their fold and their flip. Their flip is beautiful. Yeah. You know, a couple of, of folks at work use them. Uh, I love them. Yeah. I love them. And it'll be interesting to see if Apple gets into that space. I hope so. Yeah. I mean... Would you get a folding Apple phone? Th- my problem with the folding phone is the durability of the screen. But I also don't tend to keep my phones more than one cycle anyways. So. Yeah. Like within a year when the new iPhone comes out, <laughs> you're you're on it. Yeah. Yeah. But... That's just me. Okay. We are going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to tell you how John got 30 gigs of data on his uh, cell phone plan for 35 bucks a month. It's a little contest we have going. You're, I think you're winning. Yeah. So I'm going to have to get some tips from you. A, f- a friendly, friendly contest between the two of us. It's not a contest that you can enter, although you could. If you can find a better deal, let us know. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, how you got that cheap plan. And uh, we'll also be talking about the metaverse a bit more. And a little bit more about cryptocurrency and crypto.com and how they lost $30 million to hackers. You're listening to The App Show. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Still so much to talk about in today's program. Crypto.com, getting hacked, losing $30 million. Another reason to be careful when you're uh, looking at cryptocurrencies. And we'll talk with uh, Brian Jackson from the Infotech Research Group about the metaverse some more and where that's going with uh, the type of computers that uh, you will need to access it. So, John, we all have to use cell phones. And what's the biggest complaint from all Canadians? How much it costs. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's what's expensive. And I think a lot of people are still paying a lot of money. Yes. I was paying like 80 bucks a month surprisingly that seems to be the average that I've a lot of my friends are paying a lot of times it's because they they also got a, a phone with their plan so their their bill is high but their the phone cost is lower so but the, I, the like, bundling right yeah yeah so it's tough but I we, we talk about this all the time I'm a deal monger yes I'm always looking for the best deal I don't like to play full price for anything and I stumbled across a post on Red Flag Deals the other day that really piqued my interest because I checked all the boxes of what this particular post was about. The deal was Telus was offering a win back uh, plan. So you had to be a Telus customer and leave. That's right. And that's the weird thing about the way these plans seem to work is the only way to really get a deal is to go to somebody else. And that's a hassle. It's a huge hassle. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about here. It's it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. But depending on what your time is worth and or how much you want to pay, yeah. it could be worth it for you. So so I I was with Telus and I had a pretty good plan and then I went to Rogers cuz I had 
I was trying to chase you because you had a pretty good deal. Yeah. At the time. So, but how much were you paying at Telus at the time? I think probably fifty or sixty dollars. That's not bad. That's not bad. No. No. Um, and that's for five G data and unlimited everything else. But then I left to go to Rogers because I got a forty-five dollar plan. Yes. But the pro- the the thing I didn't realize until I actually was already in it was that plan didn't include five G data. No. Yeah. So which which is which is fine. You're pro- the average person probably wouldn't even notice. But difference. you were getting pretty decent speeds at, on 4G, yeah. Yeah, because we were comparing. Yeah, it was faster than 5G at the time. Yeah, just because the rollout hadn't fully happened yet. But So then um, this deal was basically, if you were a previous customer, you call in a win-back number. And I mean, this could apply to TELUS, Rogers, Kudo, Fido. Everybody has sort of these offers and systems. Yeah. But... Telus had a really compelling deal for me and I kind of knew what it was and I called and I played a little dumb just to sort of see, hey, I left. What do you what what kind of plan offering do you have for me? And the person I had talked to was great. She actually outlined the exact same plan that I had seen on red flag deals. So another reason why to read red flag deals all the time. Yes. Because they're always posting these deals. And whoever gets it first, there's a usually an interesting thread about what has happened the specifics of the of the the deal and also any caveats. So I was able to get uh, 30 gigs of data. That's a lot. At, at 5G speeds. After 30 gigs, it goes down to uh, 500 kilobits per second. Yeah, but have you ever used that much data? No, no. no. The average person doesn't. Unless you're streaming YouTube 24-7, yeah. you'd be very hard-pressed to kill that. Or you're tethering your laptop and your laptop is running a Twitch server or something. Yeah. But um, so 30 gigs of data, unlimited everything else. And it was 50 bucks a month, which, you know, that's pretty good. Yep. It's five bucks more than I was paying at Rogers to get true 5G. And I think I was getting 20 or 25 gigs at Rogers and I went up to 30 gigs of 5G data. But then because I have my home internet and TV with TELUS, I got a $15 a month discount on top of that. So you're down to $35 a month on your phone. Yes. And because it's a win back, normally if you sign up for a new account anywhere, they're going to have a connection fee. Yeah. Typically it's now 50 bucks everywhere. <sighs> they, the weird thing is, is they still charge you that. Yeah. But then they give you a $50 credit. Oh, so they're, it's free. So it's basically free. Yeah. And there's also a $10 SIM card fee. Yes which they're also not charging me for, and they've mailed me my SIM card. So basically, I will have the SIM card, I will plug it into my phone, and then it will, I'll do the, the porting over my phone number from Rogers to Telus, yeah. and then I'll be on this new plan. 35 bucks a month for 30 gigs is pretty good. But pre-tax, I'm, pre-tax. Pre-tax, of course. But I, that's the main thing here, John, that I think we keep telling people to really get the best deal out there you can always phone your carrier and yeah. see what they can do for you. You never know, right? Well, the thing is when I left Rogers, within a day, or sorry, when I left TELUS yeah. to Rogers, within a day I got a call from someone trying to win me back. Yeah, but it wasn't good enough. No, it wasn't nearly as compelling. No. But then apparently they did have one, and if I, I wouldn't have known about it if I didn't read this article. The red flag deals. Right. Yeah. Because they hadn't called me about it. Nope. Sometimes they do call you, sometimes yeah. they don't. But it doesn't hurt to try. No. So, but I think the main thing is you got to find a better deal 
Um, you can always phone your carrier to see if they'll match that. Um, but to get that deal, typically you'll have to switch, yeah. right? Yeah. And and then and then work the whole win back thing. Yeah, it, it is a few hoops. I mean, it was a 15 minute phone call, but I think it was worth it to save that much money. To, a, to drop my total monthly fee down, yeah. but also get so much more. To, yeah. get, to get the 5G speeds, to get the bigger data bucket. Yeah. So I, I, did, I did this thing, um, but I did it with, I think, Rogers and Shaw at the time. Right. And I, I, at the end, when it all was said and done, and yeah, I had to jump through some hoops and I had to switch back and forth, and that's kind of a pain in the butt, but I was saving $100 a month between the phones. Yeah, because you had your family on, on yeah. this as well. Uh, okay, so... John, that adds up. $100 a month times 12 months, that's like 1200 bucks a year. That, I can use that money for some nice dinners out or- Put it towards your cyber truck? Put it, <laughs> buy my cyber truck, <laughs> the model cyber truck. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you got to look out for these things, right? But yeah, you're going to have to put a bit of effort into it. That's, that's the only thing. But it doesn't hurt to do it, right? No, and you just need to be, just need to have time to make the call Hopefully you get the right person. Sometimes you may you know, have to go through customer service and jump through some hoops just to get to the right person that can make you that offer. Yeah. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, crypto, it gets hacked. So we'll uh, give you a bit of a warning on that. And uh, we'll also talk about the metaverse as well. Back after this. You're back with the program. Mike and John here. Well, we hear more and more about uh, the metaverse, artificial intelligence, to accomplish a lot of these new technologies, obviously we need the computing power and a lot of the big companies, the Intels, uh, the hardware companies in the world are uh, obviously you know, driving that, uh, that technology forward. But even uh, companies like Google and Facebook are in the game as well. To help understand what it's all about, we've got a good friend, Brian Jackson from the Infotech Research Group. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Happy to be here, guys. So we're, we're talking about uh, the metaverse and one of the big guys that have uh, thrown their hat in the ring would be Facebook, now named Meta. See, it's, uh, I think they, we all know where they're going yeah. <laughs> with that. Uh, but to create a metaverse, Brian, we're going to need some really high-powered computers and artificial intelligence, aren't we? You know, artificial intelligence is going to be really important to the metaverse. And the reason for that is that we want dynamic digital environments when we go into the metaverse. Imagine you went into the metaverse and it was sort of similar to like uh, a video game that you played, um, you know, 20 years ago. You, you go into the level. It's always the same level. You can only play that level so many times. And then it gets really boring because you know exactly what's around the next corner. We can't have that happening in the metaverse. It has to be dynamic. It has to be unexpected. And uh, we also want it to feel sort of like real life. So, so to do that, you need AI involved so that it's creating content in real time, responding to uh, the context of the situation and perhaps um, what the users want at that moment. Where are we now though with this? Like, you know, we know that Facebook is all in. They bought Oculus Rift back, you know, a few years ago for a couple billion dollars. They make the virtual reality headsets. Back then we all thought, oh, they're crazy. But now we know why because they knew that their path was going to more of a virtual uh, world. But, you know, when when are we going to see these virtual worlds? I know they're out there. I mean, we play video games, there's Second Life, uh, but this metaverse, like when, when do you feel that this thing's going to start really percolating? 
Yeah, well, I think that the vision that Facebook, Meta, and and Microsoft are laying out are sort of have everybody looking at, into some different ambiguous versions of what the metaverse will be like. Um, the way they sort of put it forward to us is that we'll be interacting in some sort of totally virtual world surrounded by all digital content. So. If you stop and think about whether that's possible today, it is, right? You can put on the Oculus headset that you mentioned. There's other virtual reality um, platforms. And of course, you can join all these uh, virtual worlds that have been created like Second Life has been around for years. Linden Labs created uh, that and started talking about the metaverse back in the early 2000s. So, you know, this this is not the first time that we've actually seen the metaverse. Now we're just seeing uh, big technology giants say that it's going to be more important. We're going to invest a lot of resources into this and it's going to get more high fidelity in the future. What do you think, Brian, will be the sort of the catalyst to get the mainstream users interested in this space? Right now, it's a very nerdy space and it's very, you know, gamer centric. Um, but to have, you know, the average person get interested in, it's gonna really require a very seamless experience with really great hardware. Yeah, yeah. you're needing uh, to have the most um, socially connective sort of space that you could possibly imagine. So when I go into the metaverse, I don't wanna feel alone there, right? Like I'm trapped in a virtual world, uh, but. It, it might be interesting at first, you know, there might be a new, new digital world uh, before me to explore. But once I realize, hey, there's nobody else here to interact with, it starts to get really boring. I'm lonely, I wanna make friends. So this is what uh, these content companies are investing in right now. You look at the companies they're acquiring, they, they're experts at um, buying up um, these companies that are uh, figuring out how to connect people around shared experiences, uh, video games that they're playing uh, and competing on a high level. So people are coordinating with others in real time while they plan their tactics to win the game. Um, but this is important, right? The, how do we connect people to other people and f allow you to build relationships while you're in that digital space? There's so much to take 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 in. Uh, you know, you talked about these high-powered computers, but it's it's going to be streaming, though, isn't it? In in the future of the metaverse, like it would have to to be widespread adoption, because not everyone's going to spend like three thousand dollars on a high-powered machine to make it happen. Well, the the current rumor mill is that you're going to have something from Google or from Apple or from Meta that pairs with your smartphone and your yeah. smartphone is sort of that middleware to get you to the cloud because everyone's got a smartphone right and, and they're, they're pretty powerful so you don't need this super high-end headset anymore you just need a high-end display yes in that you know or immersive experience and a device that can stream the data to you right fast yeah. i mean that's why we're looking at like 5g technologies that's been kind of the promise for yeah that. yeah for sure might even be 6g by the time it actually hits the the mainstream area sure yeah so again brian how far are we away 
Yeah, I mean, I think it, it again comes back to your definition of the metaverse and what you want that to be about. Um, I think in different enterprises, uh, you know, today we're seeing um, people collaborate in this sort of metaverse environment already. Uh, you, I've seen executions, for example, where um, engineers that are not able to be in the same physical space at the same time that want to talk about, hey, how do we renovate or repair this piece of machinery that we're working on? Um, they're putting on like a hollow lens they're looking at that uh, real piece of machinery and having the digital content overlaid on top of it while they're connecting to an expert that could help them repair that thing so is that the metaverse uh, you could say that it is got brian jackson on the line he's from the infotech research group we've been talking about little bit more about the metaverse we're going to continue to do that in upcoming shows just to kind of demystify it more but it is coming it's something you should be aware of and uh, we'll try to try to make it simple to understand thanks for joining us brian glad to be here when we come back from the break more tech to talk stay tuned you're back with the app show mike and john here uh we like to talk about cryptocurrency more and more uh, I think it's an important thing that people need to know about. You know, we've heard things like the blockchain and NFTs, you know, non, non-fungible tokens. We're still learning too, John. Like well, a, we're, we're nerdy, but there's still so much. It's a constantly evolving space too. Yeah. Uh, but again, be careful when you're investing in these types of cryptocurrencies. And I use that word investing loosely as well. Like don't bet the farm on this. No. Don't put your life savings into it. You likened it to gambling right now. You, you treat it as gambling. It's like a lottery ticket. Yeah. You're, you're spending a little bit of, I mean, I'm spending a little bit of money on it. I know some people spend a lot on it, but we've seen a lot of horror stories where people have lost a lot of money on it. Exactly. And, you know, there's all sorts of different cryptocurrencies out there. Um, you know, last week we talked about ones that even have generate interest. Um, some of them are, they say that they have insurance or secured, uh, but you really have to know what you're doing and do your research on it as well. So if you don't know what you're doing, Again, don't put your life savings into cryptocurrencies. Uh, story we're following, Crypto.com. This is a, a big company now. They're trading billions in cryptocurrency a day now. You might have seen their uh, their ads with Matt Damon in them. That's right, yes. Crazy, eh? Yeah. You got, you got big money if you can get Matt Damon into a... Jason Bourne. Into a commercial. Uh, they were hacked. $30 million in crypto stolen from them. Yeah, it sounds like it was a bunch of different uh, user accounts that were uh, infiltrated. So probably a case of bad passwords on those user accounts. Somehow, so they have two-factor authentication. We've talked about this. Uh, Two-factor authentication is basically almost kind of like asking you for your password twice, Yeah, essentially. You put in your password and typically then um, they'll send a code via email or to your phone, text to your phone that you have to input as well. And that gives more security, verifies that it's you getting into an account. But it looks like these hackers somehow went around that, even though that they did have that in place, John, to a, to a limited number of the users. Yeah, because maybe not all not all those accounts had been migrated or activated at yeah. that two-factor authentication system. So it, it just really highlights you can't trust anything. No, but... I guess the one plus side of going with a, a bigger company like this, uh, they actually covered the losses right. for as, as their users. Should, as they should. Yes. But uh, yeah, but it's interesting. Uh, apparently NBC is reporting that uh, in 2021, there were more than 20 different exchanges hacked with a total of 
a hundred or ten million in profit based on over a hundred million in losses. So that's a lot of money that was hacked out of these exchanges. Yeah. So and the the problem is it's hard to get find the hackers, right? Yeah. Because essentially it, it's anonymous. It's decentralized. Right. Yeah. There's no records. Well, there's records, but they're really hard to nail down to a specific person. Yes, exactly. Everything's a number. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a filing cabinet somewhere with, you know, your name and how much Bitcoin you have. No. I mean, there's a digital version of that. But again, it's difficult to, to trace anyone then. Well, and probably the case, these hackers are probably set, disseminating that money all over the place and you'd never be able to track it down. Yeah. So it's just really interesting and scary at the same time, which is kind of why I took so long to even get into it because I just didn't, I didn't feel like I knew enough about it. Yeah. And even now I still don't. And like you, you haven't got thousands in there. I've got $200 in there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, but you know, I, I do know people that have invested thousands and they've made a lot of money. Yeah. It was funny. We we're at the bar the other night <laughs> after a long day and having a beer and we were talking about Ethereum. Like I'm using this app called ShakePay. And, and it just, it's, it's this weird little app, um, that you got to put money in to yes. buy some crypto like Bitcoin. It's only two Bitcoin and Ethereum, the yeah. two coins that they use every day. If you shake it in the app, they'll give you a bit of Bitcoin, which, which just the way you explain that just sounds ridiculous. No, it's stupid. It's like totally stupid, but I do it every day. Yeah. And you know what I'm getting? I'm getting five cents a day. <laughs> You're going to retire soon. I know. I'm probably like hurting the iPhone more, damaging it more than five cents a day by shaking it. Yeah. But so, but the longer you do this, and I think it maxes out at 200 days, you got to keep the streak up because if you stop for a day and you forget to do it, it goes back down to the bottom, which is five cents a day. But from what I calculated, if you can do that streak for 200 days and keep it going, you'd get a 50 cents a day. It's, you know, that adds up. Yeah. It's like $15 a month. But go back to the bar. Oh, yeah. So anyway, we're talking about this. And some, some guy beside us. Down, did, down the bar. Down the bar. Did you say Ethereum? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, reluctantly, yes. <laughs> I bought Bitcoin at the low and I sold it when it hit $60,000. So why are you sitting alone at the bar? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, with any type of investing, whether it's Bitcoin or stocks, I mean, there's going to be some winners. Yeah. But but don't listen to tech nerds about it. No. Or the guy at the bar. No. <laughs> <laughs> lovely guy, lovely guy. But it was just funny. It was. Everyone just wants to talk about it. Well, it's, it, it's always being talked about. Yeah. And it's one of those things that not everyone knows that much about. No. But anyway, this ShakePay app, it's just funny because it, honestly, it was my first foray into buying Bitcoin. So um, you're supposed to put $100 in. And if you get someone to refer you, you get an extra $30. They'll put another 30 bucks into your account. Which sounds like a pyramid scheme. Uh, totally, right? Um, but anyway, so I did it. And then, but I accidentally put 200 in. <laughs> of course. Because I don't know how to e-transfer properly. Uh, so anyway, I got $200 in this app supposedly. And I bought like a hundred bucks in Bitcoin and a hundred in uh, Ethereum. And now I'm addicted to just checking my phone all the time. Right. To see if it's gone up or down. Yeah. And I say to you all the time, just give it five seconds because it will change. <laughs> totally, totally. Like at when I first did it the first day, like I was up $4. 
And then I was, I came to about an hour later, I want to show you. And then I was negative $3. <laughs> so a flux of $7 in the course of minutes. Easy come, easy go. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to keep following it and just see where it goes. And, well, and then I'm going to try to take money out. I want to see how easy or difficult it is to get the actual cash back into my well, I, I, I don't think with that app, because that app is a Canadian app, and yes. they just got a whole bunch of funding to to continue to develop it and, and expand their offerings and stuff like that. I use Coinbase. It's very easy to get money in and out yeah. of your account, but it's it's scary still, because there's just so much going on, and like you found out, you pressed the wrong button, and you just doubled your investment unintentionally. <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, like, like at least it's only two hundred dollars. Do you know what I mean? Well, what if you had an extra zero on that? Well, yeah, then that would not be good. Yeah, but anyway, uh, like I said, we'll continue to try to educate uh, our listeners here as we learn more about it as well. And with the caveat of, don't go all in on this. No, this is this is yeah. this is it's a learning experience, educational purposes only. We're gonna have to take a break here on the app show. When we come back little more tech to talk so stay tuned you're back with the app show mike and john here a little bit of time left uh we've done a really cool video on a device that you got in took you a year to get it yes thank you uh chip shortage and covid dev term looks like a little old radio shack uh laptop computer yeah it's but cooler super fun it comes with a thermal printer uh so we did, did you a- have to make this thing well, you build you, it. You put it together. It's okay. kind of like a snap it together. You're not soldering anything. No, 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 no. But it's super fun. I've been spending a lot of time just finding different apps and games and stuff for it. And so we we just sort of did a roundup of the whole process. And the video will be live on Tuesday on our website, getconnectedmedia.com, or go to our YouTube channel. How much did this thing cost? Uh, it was different pricing depending on the processor you got with it. Mine was about three hundred dollars Canadian. Okay, so it's flat. When I say it's a laptop. It's not a folding screen or anything. The screen is a kind of a, a long, wide screen it's on all, it, flat. D- double wide screen and a keyboard right below it. And there's a little tiny BlackBerry trackball. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Getting used to that. Yeah. But super fun. I, but you could hook a mouse into that if you wanted. Mouse and keyboard. Yeah. There's an HDMI out as well. So you could hook it up to a big screen yep. TV or, or monitor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been exploring. Is it like a Raspberry Pi inside that thing? Well, they, they do make one that has a Raspberry Pi in it. The one I got is a little bit more powerful than the the Raspberry Pi 3 compute module that, the, uh, that they offer. And they're currently working on integrating a Raspberry F- Pi 4 compute module, which is significantly faster. These are the little hobby chip boards that are like essentially a, a little mini computer. Yeah, so, but it just really, it's all Linux-based, it's super fun, and all kinds of open-source software. Check our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Mike and John signing off. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.